If you guys love the podcast, you want to get the audible version of my new book, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital, at capitalistbook.com. A user named just Jay on Amazon said this in a review, a four-hour work week for 2019. He goes on to say, I bought this book because I read somewhere that it was like a four-hour work week of 2019, and it absolutely delivered. The book delivered on both big ideas and has specific actionable templates, including unredacted and minimally redacted emails. This book is not chock full of self-promotion or useless platitudes, but is broken down into four key rules explained in solid detail and with specific and often amusing anecdotes. Reading this really got my wheels and my head turning of how to be resourceful, which many say is the ultimate trait of a successful entrepreneur. My favorite of the four rules is blank. You have to go read the review to find out. But guys, thanks for supporting me on the podcast. I hope you go grab the book on Audible today at capitalistbook.com. Founded in 2011, Weigh In, a better way for brands, big brands, to connect customer data in a fun, engaging way. 152 customers doing about 11 million or 11.5 million bucks in terms of run rate right now. That's up 62% year over year. Each customer paying, call it 65, 70 grand per year in first year contract value, expanding that by 25% year over year. So healthy expansion of 125% net revenue retention each year. Willing to spend up to the first month of contract value on acquisition of the customer. Team of 72 people based in many different remote locations. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Richard Jones, and he runs a company called The Way In Platform, which makes it easy for non-technical business users to create engaging, interactive marketing experiences that collect first-party data and improve marketing results at speed and scale. Richard, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. Very good. So give us an example, maybe a customer using you guys so we understand what you do and then tell us how you make money. Are you pure play SaaS or not? Yeah, uh, will do. So, um, you know, firstly, we are a full pure play uh, SaaS uh, company, a multi-tenant SaaS uh, platform. Um, We uh, have uh, uh, around 150 plus uh, enterprise customers uh, around the world. So this is um, people like uh, P&G or Reckitt Benkiser, HP, IBM, uh, Air New Zealand, etc. Um, and uh, essentially, our platform uh, is designed for non-technical marketers uh, to be able to create uh, interactive experiences that actually collect data directly from consumers um, uh, and that can be published to a variety of different channels. So, you know, websites, uh, Google double-click ads, uh, Instagram social stories, you know, wherever they want to engage with the, the consumer. So, Richard, what, I mean, how are they collecting this? Is this cookie data? Are the users typing in their own data? Is it more like a clear bit structure? What is it? Yeah, so it's, it's essentially true explicit data. You know, people uh, interacting with experience, filling out a form, providing marketing opt-ins, uh, and this is uh, this is an interesting uh, trend phenomena that's going on in the industry around data. So, 
you know, you, you, you know, the readers will have been acutely aware of what's been going on around, um, you know, this new age of privacy that we're moving into. So obviously you've had people like Mark Zuckerberg getting hauled in front of uh, uh, the Congress and the EU, Google, you know, being in the uh, the spotlight in terms of how they, they use consumer data uh, and the uh, consents with which they uh, have uh, have collected that data. You know, it's, there's a wave of regulatory uh, changes that's going on from, you know, the EU's GDPR to the Online Consumer Privacy Act in California, uh, through to you know South Korea and all sorts of different uh, um, uh, 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 particular political environments. I mean, even down to I think the Georgia, the state of Georgia, are now looking at implementing their own uh, privacy regulations. Yeah. So, Richard, sorry, are these like that, just to, just to double down on the product real quick? So, I mean, are these like contests that people can brand can launch to like capture information what's it actually look like the interface yeah so there's there's a whole variety of different mechanics which actually uh, provide uh, a value exchange for the consumer to uh, give you their their data and engage with you so that could be things like um you know a straight competition or sweepstakes and you know that provide a, a chance to win it could be you know interactive experiences that are kind of allowing you to discover content you know or unlock content or reveal content you know we have a whole variety of different mechanics that provide uh you know people the, the reasons to uh, uh, to, to give you their data. I'll Got give you a practical example just because uh, I think it's, uh, it's useful. So one of our, our customers, uh, Air New Zealand, um, was launching a bunch of different destinations uh, in the US. And so they ran a campaign called What Makes You Say Yay to the USA? Uh, this experience lived in a number of different places. It lived on their website. It lived in uh, inside a Google DoubleClick ad, so an interactive ad unit. And it was also embedded on the travel section of a media partner. When you actually interact with the experience, you're basically uh, it's showing you various different content of different experiences that you can have in the USA. So you know museums, carnivals, you know nature, whatever it may be. And as a user, you're basically swiping or clicking on what what from a, a number of different uh, experiences are the most interesting things for you. And at the end of that flow, it's then saying, yeah. Richard Jones, your perfect destination in the US is New Orleans, based on how you've impacted with the experience. Would you like a chance for you and three friends to win tickets to New Orleans? Uh, yes, fill in the, your PII data, your marketing opt-ins. And then what happens next, I think, is quite interesting. So they collect that data. They had about 100,000 people uh, that actually entered the experience. The data they all, was uh, it, Sorry, was that all paid or did they like email their customer list to drive traffic to it? Well, it wasn't all paid because some of it was living on their own properties, so on their website. So some of it was paid in okay. terms of p- pushing it out via Google DoubleClick Ads Unit uh, or embedding on a, a site. Some of it is, is, is collected from their own property, so natural natural traffic. Now, the, the, the data, so obviously only one, one person wins. You, you know, the rest of the 100,000 folks, you've got rich profile information about what kind of traveler they are and what kind of it, things interest uh, them. They, it triggered an automatic uh, email that went out saying, right, you didn't win, but if you book tickets to your perfect destination, New Orleans, within the next month, here's a 5% discount code. And so that generated millions of dollars of Got revenue it. for them. They had a live 38 Is this one. data, will this data all stay siloed in that customer that worked with you? Or do you take that data and share it across other people that pay you for data? 
No. So we have very, very clear um, uh, belief that, you know, data must be kept within the brand. We don't own the data. We don't okay. share the data. It is the data uh, is owned completely by the, the brands and leverage. And give me a general now, sense of size here. So so customers that are paying you, I don't want to go down every cohort, but on average, what's an enterprise customer paying you to use this software? Yeah. So uh, essentially, you know, our average sort of Foot in the door, uh, contract value uh, is around sixty-five thousand dollars, and then that can grow depending on the market divisions. Yes, and brands that, uh, that 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 actually roll it out. Yep. We collected last year um, uh, over five hundred million uh, PII data records from these experiences across one hundred and fifty-two enterprise customers, and we'll do well over seven hundred million this year. So the volume of data that's being collected is really growing, and I think there's. There's probably a couple of uh, reasons for that. One is with this new age of privacy, marketers can't just buy third-party data and use it for targeting anymore because there's inherent legal risks with doing that. It's put the onus on marketers uh, to have to go and connect directly to consumers and find out information such as preference, uh, information, characteristics, desires, uh, and collect marketing opt-ins in order to be able to deliver, you know, targeted, segmented messaging personalized to the yep. consumer. So everyone, Richard, totally, you know, totally. Sorry, I don't mind. I, I want to refocus this on you. So I totally get the product. I think my audience will totally understand it. They 100% get it. They understand why you're growing. But I want to refocus this on you for a second. So 152 customers. You said, you know, minimum contract right it's called 65 grand coming in so i mean that puts you north of 800 grand per month right now in revenue is that generally accurate uh yes yes actually quite a bit more than that yeah okay great do you want is there a better range you can give us do you want to give any more specific than that or is that fine 10 million plus oh that's great very good so let's put this on a timeline so so i want to kind of break down the growth story when did you launch the company what year yeah so uh, we launched the company in 2011 uh um we uh essentially um, uh, started that. So the, the history of the company is I founded a, a company called Engage Sciences, uh, which been rebranded as Weigh-In because we merged with a company that was uh, created by uh, Scott McNeely, uh, who was the founder, uh, co-founder, uh, and CEO of Sun for for many years. And essentially, we've taken the Engage Sciences technology, combined it with uh, the robust uh, experience of, of 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 the Sun folks and Scott McNeely and his leadership and his connections, and actually taken and scaled this now into the the US from its original humble beginnings uh, in the uh, in the US. Okay. And so help me understand how that happened. I mean, are you now like basically a a hired CEO in this combined company or do you actually have meaningful equity still? Yeah, so I, I obviously as a founder of uh, Engage Sciences, I had a meaningful uh, equity in Engage Sciences. We yeah. then merged it with Wayne, so I have meaningful equity in in Wayne. Okay, and you're but and you're leading the company, right? The other guy is just basically a partner. You merged with this company. He's not active though. Uh, he is an active chairman, but yeah, yeah. I took over the role as of CEO. Oper- yeah. Operate from an operations perspective. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and give me a general sense today, t- team size, and where's everybody based. Yes, we have about 72 uh, uh, folks in the company. Um, there's a r- pretty even spread uh, between uh, international and the U.S. Uh, obviously, Engage Sciences was uh, was UK-based. We've got a big footprint uh, there. Um, and so we do about 50% of our revenue in the US, 40% in Europe, and about 10% in uh, Asian Pac. Okay, very good. And, and talk to me about growth rate. So if you're at kind of north of, you know, 10 million in AR today or about 830 grand a month, where were you a year ago? 
Yeah, so uh, our um, revenue uh, around the uh, the Wayne uh, experience platform has grown about 62% uh, in terms of product subscription revenue uh, year over year over year. That's great. So that means you would be doing about maybe 600-ish about a year ago per month. Yes. Where's most of that growth come from? New customers or expansion across the older cohort? No, it's 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 a mixture. Uh, it's definitely a mixture. Um, uh, we are pretty good, robust growth in terms of new business. Um, we do focus on the, the Fortune 500 uh, companies, so we're not we're not driving a, an SME or a, a mid tier um, strategy. It's really focused on the biggest and largest uh, brands in the world. Um, but there is pretty sizable um, uh, revenue growth in the cohorts because typically we'll de- be deployed into you know a brand in a uh, country and then scale out from there. So Richard, what when you look at expansion revenue on a cohort from a year ago, so like year one ACV to year two ACV, are you typically doubling contract size or is it 110%? What's the growth typically look like there? Yeah, it's not quite It's not quite doubling. On average, it's about 25% growth. That's still pretty healthy on those accounts. That's good. And, and, what's, and what's gross revenue churn annually? Um, so the gross revenue is about 11 and a half million. Sorry, sorry. Gross revenue churn per year. So if your expansion is 25%, I'm curious what you're losing from that cohort every year so that we can get your net revenue retention. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 it it does. Uh, it's quite interesting when we actually do the analysis on uh, churn. What we have found, which is what powers our business, is we had um, relatively uh, high rates of churn in the smaller um, sized uh, customers. So where we had veered into uh, mid-tier SME territory, we had high rates of churn. When you actually look at uh, customers in the uh, larger. Uh, uh, cohort in terms of the size of the contract value and the size of the companies in that Fortune 500 um, uh, bracket, we get extremely low uh, rates. How how low annually? Well, it's actually positive net churn. So we're actually growing those cohorts cohorts rather than actually lose them on a a dollar basis. By by how much? Like 110% or 105% or what? Yeah, it's about hundred. It's about twenty five. It's one hundred twenty five percent in terms of that that cohort. Okay. Um, in in number of customers, we have uh, you know, there is some uh, churn in terms of the number of customers because we we've, we've sort of re- yeah. But we don't care about the, that. Yeah. We don't care about that because you have such a huge spread of ARPUs, right? If you churn small customer logos, it doesn't matter if net revenue retention is still above one hundred percent. But hold on, you just told me that your expansion on a contract is typically twenty five one hundred twenty five percent year or sorry twenty five percent year over year, and then you told me your net revenue retention was one hundred twenty five percent. That would mean that your gross revenue churn is zero is that accurate yeah in the top in the top cohort it is it is pretty much zero in the uh smaller customers it, it it has been higher okay got it fair enough and then talk to me about growth so so when you are onboarding these new customers let's say you go out and you close a deal for a new customer at your you know your average price point there um what you know 60 whatever it is how are you how much are you spending to acquire that customer typically yeah, so we we actually have um, relatively small uh, um, marketing uh, budget. Um, we uh, operate in a relatively lean uh, way. So, Are you in terms of the amount, 
Yeah, it's, it's not it's not uh, bootstrapped. We do have uh, venture capital uh, backing uh, in uh, USVP, um, but we do operate a relatively lean model. So we're spending around two percent of uh, our revenue on marketing, which is a smaller a smaller segment than many many other CEOs that I speak to. Mm-hmm. So just to be clear, to land a new seventy five thousand dollar first year kind of customer, what are you willing to spend to acquire that customer? Ten grand, a hundred grand, five hundred? Like, what are you spending? So, um, it's, I actually, I actually don't know exactly what the, what the figure is for the, That's the 75K okay. per, 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 per customer. How do you, how do you, all I'm trying to get at is how do you measure payback period on new AR driven? Is it 12 months, six months? Right. Okay. Gotcha. So, uh, payback is uh, just over a year. Okay. Very good. That, that's pretty healthy. So what that tells me is you're, you're totally comfortable from a cash perspective, spending first year contract value to acquire the customer. Cause you know, they'll stay with you longer. Yes. Got Correct. it. Correct. And you, and, yeah. and you've raised what a 50 million to date. Yes, we have. Yes. And is that just in, that's in the company after the merger or that's m- money pre-merger and post-merger? So that is actually pre-merger. So Engage Sciences raised $4.2 million. Um, uh, Weigh-In had raised uh, $50 million. Um, Post-merger, uh, we've, uh, we uh, haven't really raised, we've only raised, we did a small uh, 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 bridge round of about uh, $2.5 million. So um, we're, we're Was not that, that debt far or equity? Uh, that was uh, that was debt. Yeah, I was going to say, typically, it's it's very common to see a bridge round be, be debt-based. And is that just because you want to buy more time to get to the valuation you want so you can raise additional capital? Yeah, absolutely. So we've um, we've we've come out with a strategic relationship with uh, uh, Adobe, um, which was uh, put in place a, a couple of weeks ago. So I was out at Salt King, Lake City. Congrats. Uh, with the yeah, no, it's, it's really, really good. So, you know... The, the, the onus on collecting this data in a scalable way has is, is really changed with the market conditions. And, you know, folks like Adobe are very forward thinking and they have uh, comprehensive, robust plans in terms of what position they want to play in the ecosystem around the controlling of these this data in these centralized profiles. And technologies like Wayan uh, are able to, to feed that strategy. And so um, we want we want more time for, for things like the Adobe relationship to, to really play out. Very good. Richard, we're out of time. Let's wrap up very quickly with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Ah, uh, that's a good, you know, I've got so many. That is good. a good, uh, good question. Come, come back to me. I'll come, come to that in okay. a minute. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, yes, uh, there is. Um, uh, it won't be much of a surprise, but it's uh, Scott McNeely, my uh, my chairman. Uh, uh, he is my mentor and uh, I, I work very closely with, uh, with him. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business besides your own? Uh, I like uh, outreach uh, from uh, personalized, you know, uh, being able to scale uh, communications across uh, an SDR team. Great. Number four, what's, uh, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, ooh, about six and a half. That's pretty good. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Uh, married uh, with one child uh, and uh, had the uh, the child three months after setting up uh, the company as a oh, startup. Geez. So it is possible. And how old are you, Richard? Uh, 44. 44. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, to start earlier on the road of being an entrepreneur. 
because you do you have to fail to learn uh you have to make mistakes to really work out what's going on and the earlier you start making those mistakes the more you're going to learn so i would have started at least 15 years earlier as an entrepreneur guys there you have it start earlier coming from richard founded in 2011 way in a better way for brands big brands to connect customer data in a fun engaging way 152 customers doing about 11 million or 11 and a half million bucks in terms of run rate right now that's up 62 percent year over year each customer paying call it 65 70 grand per year and first year contract value expanding that by 25 percent year over year so healthy expansion of 125 percent net revenue retention each year willing to spend up to the first month of contract value on acquisition of the customer team of 72 people based in many different remote locations richard thank you for taking us to the top thank you nathan